0: And welcome to edition 108 of On The Ball, the Norwich City podcast that thought a clinical edge was what made the outside of a doctor's surgery look pretty. I'm Michael Bailey. I cover the canaries for the athletic and I hope this finds you safe and well. On the way, our winless wonders, referees, a law unto themselves and one hull of a weekend in store. Um, I think I might actually keep that one and, and use it again. Next week that should work quite well. Uh, we'll work through all that and more with our guests this fine evening. They are, there they are. Norwich number wang chief at NCFC Numbers, also known as our very own Steve Sanders. Hi, Michael. We have former Norwich City Head of Content and Program Editor Dan Brigham. Hello, Michael. And on the ball's official random quizmaster generator, Ryan Livermore hello michael seamlessly done on my own part there i will take all the credit for that um welcome everyone welcome all those out there listening and of course watching live um thanks for joining us how are we doing steve how are you
1: yeah i'm really well thank you obviously not as well as you are having had uh your week off um i enjoyed your instagram story today which um Seems a little bit defensive, but I don't know. Wait till you listen to this podcast, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> this going to be an hour long rant about how I can have a holiday, all right. I, I, it's my own time and I can do what I want with it. Might be, yeah.
0: Okay. Well, I know, when, well, I'm I glad did you go, had a nice time anyway. I did go out on the front foot with that, admittedly. Um, but there we go. Um, so yeah, I, I'm good, thank you. And I hope you are too. Um, Dan, how are you?
2: I'm good, thanks. Everyone missed you. I missed you. It's weird to have a, a Norwich season start without, uh, without Michael, Michael Bailey's comments. Well, it, it
0: didn't because I was at Cardiff. But yes, no, point taken. <laughs> and again, I'm going to be very defensive about this for, for the entirety of the next i Have you got another
2: one booked already?
0: I have, actually, yes, at the end of August. So, oh, uh, you know, oh. see you all later. Not but even coinciding it with, a, with an international break. Well, I, I tried, but I, I couldn't do it. So I don't even think there is one until until the end of there's September. A month, uh, there's a month in November that so you, could, you could just take that whole month off, couldn't you? You, you, are, you are removing my content for later in the podcast. So it, <laughs> but, but don't <laughs> rile me because I'm going to go off on one for about 20 minutes, I think. That's fine. It. You know,
2: if you're, if you're not committed to the cause, then we, we can accept <laughs> it. I'm,
0: I'm just going to bin it <laughs> off. Why don't I take my holiday when all of my family are still, you know, doing school and working? Why, why should I have a holiday during the footballs so anyway plenty more of that to come uh, ryan how are you Hello. i think i actually answered how they are and <laughs> everyone oh. all right yeah
3: i'm running on fumes because i'm working so much at the moment i've been working non-stop at the most <laughs> crucial break. point of my work season so you, you know break. i'm i'm just
0: on fumes at the moment michael just pin it off just pin it off right <laughs> yeah i it off why not well, too much of a pro, aren't you, Ryan? Too much of a pro to do something like that. I don't know, right? he, just, he just cares too much, if yeah. anything. Well, yeah. um, <laughs> you're still looking remarkably well. It's nice to see you sat next to the gorgeous home shirt. So uh, how lovely. Um, now, uh, for those watching us live on your chosen social media platform, hi. Uh, we also want to hear from you during the course of the podcast. Uh, it can be uh, on absolutely anything I've written here, which seems incredibly brave and probably misguided. Uh, that said, if you have the motivation but are struggling with a reason – then we, we do like to supply you with a topic. Uh, this week, as suggested by our very own Zoe Morgan, we have uh, Max Ahrens removed himself from the game on Saturday after being assaulted. When did you last extract yourself from a situation? I, you know, if you haven't gone, <laughs> I, I want to hear all your answers to that, um, that are broadcastable. Uh, you know i suppose there's a way to go for it uh, you can just message in and if you list if you want to contribute to that but are not listening live or watching live have no fear you can simply email us with this story or comment and we can include it on a future pod uh, the address is twitterkers twitter k-e-r-s twitterkers at icloud.com what a sound start i reckon we crack on with this week's headline act Well, now, uh, we decided, due to me having the audacity to have a holiday, uh, that we would return after two games of the season rather than one. Uh, the upshot Norwich are still winless. Uh, but, <clears throat> excuse me, there's more than enough to discuss and even a couple more signings to roll out some carpet for. Um, we are also going to be joined by one of my athletic colleagues momentarily, which is very exciting. Um, but, but first of all, I'll come to you, Steve. First, um, two games in, uh, what you made of them similarities in the games or are you all about the differences uh no
1: i think i think wigan was an improvement on cardiff um i think if if cardiff was the uh pre-pod intro to the first uh podcast that we had this season then wigan was was today's intro still a little, <laughs> little bit of room for improvement but we're getting there um <laughs> good, good. I, I, yeah i, I definitely I, I think i came away from it feeling quite negative um at the fact that we hadn't won against I would say, didn't look a particularly good side. Um, I think we probably did do enough to win that game. But I, th- I think my initial thought was that, a dan- you know, a 2021-18-19 a 20, team would have probably found a way to put them away. But then we didn't start well in either of those two seasons either. So I think probably just didn't need to inject myself with a little bit of perspective and remind myself that there are another 44 games to go. This team hasn't won in a long time. Well, no, they haven't won a long time, um, and um, you know probably need to get themselves up to speed more than most. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I think we were unlucky on Saturdays, is the way of putting it. And I, I th- it'll be interesting to see the test in the next four games when we've got, I think, Hull, Millwall, and Sunderland, who I would expect could be pushing on the top half, if not higher. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna thoroughly sit on the fence and maybe reserve judgment until then.
0: You're absolutely allowed to. We'll just take the rest of the month off as well. So we'll a <laughs> have a break. Um, I, I mean, Dad, they are the two things, aren't they? That Norwich didn't do very well last season, scoring goals, winning games. I mean, it and the, uh, you know, I guess the supporters weren't around for Norwich, trying to feel their way into the season two years ago. So, it did it look a bit like that? I mean, the, the far post at the river end got away with a with a lot. I thought on on, on Saturday.
2: <laughs> I, yeah, if Cardiff Cardiff felt like watching a team that were entirely apathetic about being back in the championship. Um, it was a bit of a miserable performance. But Saturdays looked like a team that sort of remembered that they're good at this level um, and that they can dominate teams at this level. And it, was, it felt like a team trying to find that rhythm again and finding a way to dominate and to be good at this level. So I think there were definite sort of green shoots um, there. And obviously, you know, coming off the back of a la- season like last season where we weren't winning games, but it's also sort of worth remembering on another day without a you know cataclysmic error from Ben Gibson, we would have nicked that by a goal, that game, and probably deserved to win that by a goal. And 2021, of our first 12 wins that season, 11 of them were by one goal. We, we didn't blow away teams until really sort of January and February when we really got into our rhythm because teams just sat deep against us and they're going to sit deep against us again as Wigan did on Saturday. Um, so... We're going to have to expect that a lot, but I think and the, the major difference between Cardiff is, and this has been levelled at Dean Smith's teams a lot. We couldn't really see what we were trying to do against Cardiff, but on Saturday we definitely could see what we were trying to do. I think, which I'm sure your athletic colleague will speak more of uh, when he's on. But that it was pleasing to see there seemed to be a, a plan that Smith has talked about and now seems to be implementing with with the incoming players as well.
0: I mean, it did it did strike me, Ryan, in both games, and I have taken the time to watch the Wigan game pretty much twice <laughs> um so um but both sides were, were seemed pretty uh, average to below average championship sides if I'm brutally honest pretty limited in what they were trying to do and um I don't know for me Ryan it almost felt like Norwich you looked at them and they were uh, looking at it thinking you know we're, we'll be all right we're good enough for this and and I don't know maybe that uh, um, that uh, that desire and that the fact that they still have to be proactive in making it happen themselves is something that they've got to kind of find for themselves. A few game, few more games in. Yeah, totally agree with that. the
3: The Cardiff game in particular, I kind of felt that Norwich they didn't really. It was almost like they didn't try to leave second or third gear really. And you were against a team in Cardiff who had signed what was it? They've signed ten new players this summer so far, and they had a completely new side and. It's it's such a like a bland cliche, but you've got to want it at this level because you you have teams every year who you, you seemingly write off from the get go, and they will just give it their all, come full steam ahead, and they will rattle teams who um, come down from the Premier League. Like I've lost count now of the number of teams who come down, assume it's a walk in the park, and then it takes them until october november to get going and by that time it's it's far too late but you'd you'd think that there are enough players in this norwich squad who have been here and done it before that they understand that there's more to it than just rocking up at three o'clock on a saturday and and you know putting in the minimal minimal effort as it were but then again the counter argument to that is how many of these players are fed up of doing that you know like they've there's almost a mentality of oh we're here again Oh okay we've got Cardiff away if we oh let's just see what happens and then lo and behold you have one shot on target in what was it like an hour or something
0: <laughs> stupid well, like we're, that we are going to find out the appetite very uh, very soon i think in the coming weeks definitely uh we, we we've we've picked him up so let's uh, let's bring him in shall we um now uh, uh I was, uh, it's time to bring, no, I'm going to say that in a minute, but it's time to bring in my athletic colleague uh, and a man far too talented to be confined to watching uh, Norwich every week. It's a data analyst at The Athletic, Mark Carey. And let's see if I can make this work, which I have. There we go. Um, Mark, hello. Oh, you're on mute. There we go. There's always something. There we go.
4: Hello. Good evening, everybody.
0: There he is. Mark, welcome to On The Ball. This is very exciting for me.
4: Thank you for having me. It's, well, to be honest, having reported on the game on Saturday, it was big, Michael Bailey sized shoes to fill. So uh, I hope <laughs> I did you justice. Well, I hope you walked around
0: Carro Road swearing and cursing at me for having the <laughs> audacity to take a holiday during the football season. Um, uh, now, I, I was obviously, the holiday was planned. I was going to be away. And I remember mentioning it to one of my editors that, you know, the, the game will be there if someone wants to go to it. And, um, and they physically laughed at the idea that one of my <laughs> colleagues would want to go to Norwich Wigan uh, on one of the opening weekends of the season. But there you were, Mark. Um, how did you enjoy your trip to Car Road? Was it your first trip?
4: It was my first trip to Carrow Road. I loved it when I was there. Getting there was a bit of an issue, two replacement uh, services. I got a train and, yeah, two buses, and I planned to get there two hours before. I wanted to be very prepared, and I got there at 12.15. Kickoff was at 12.30, so I just about (laughs) scraped it. But once I was there, it was fantastic. It was really enjoyable. Um, Yeah, I'm sure we'll get into the game, but, yeah, I spoke to Dean Smith after. Um, Some good reflections on that, and, yeah, plenty to unpick. It is it is
0: worth saying you you should go and read um, Mark's excellent piece uh, on the game, um, which he filed considerably earlier than I would have filed, and is um, <laughs> out there to read now on the Athletic, and it's gone down well with those who have read it as as well. Um, I mean, what what you give us, Mark, is an external perspective of Norwich. You watch lots of football at varying different levels, and you get to analyze it. So when when you looked at Norwich on on Saturday, what did you come away thinking?
4: The main thing was that the. The build-up was was really good. It was really strong. You know, Norwich sustained attacks really well, and I think what the guys have said already, it just seemed to be right at that kind of top end, really. I mean, the numbers showed it as well in, in the P that I had that there was massive territorial dominance. There was a class above, really, because you think about it, Wigan were playing in in League One only a few months ago, a couple of months ago, and Norwich were playing in the Premier League, so the the gap was sort of to be expected. But it it was just almost. Uh, placency, maybe, to be like, well, we're, we're dominating them here. We're taking many shots. We'll come on to maybe how many of those are on target. But it seems like, you know, these goals will probably come. Um, and then it was, that wasn't in the script. We just gave the ball away and James McLean's gone and scored. So I think it was a bit of a sucker punch, obviously, because Wigan didn't really have that much quality going forward. Um, and then you're on the back foot and then you're chasing the game. And then, you know, the, the game sort of ebbed and flowed a little bit. I think after the, a wig goal, goal. Um, it did sort of take the sting out of the game a little bit. Um, so probably for the final fifteen minutes of the first half, it was a little bit more flat. But those that first half an hour, I thought, you know, if this is the Norwich that we're we're going to see for the rest of the season, then you know you'll you'll be certainly there or thereabouts for automatic promotion. But it didn't quite go that way in terms of obviously the result at the end.
0: Yeah, I mean, did you make what did you make of the chances Norwich created? I mean, they did. It didn't have much. On target at all really really all game um obviously it mm. was one brilliant save from Ben Amos just to touch Timo Pookie's shot in the second half on onto the crossbar um but they did sort of they did miss the target at the far post quite a lot in the first half and <clears throat> the quality of those chances so did you I mean is is that probably where, where Norwich need that improvement
4: yeah I'd say so I, I looked at it there was so there's 22 shots in total um nine of them were outside the box um, four of them on target, so those sorts of you know numbers do suggest that you're not creating clear cut chances, and obviously then not getting it on target as a as a consequence. But I guess there is the the context and the caveat that Wigan were sitting quite deep, and it was hard, it was quite hard to really kind of get in behind them. So maybe that sort of lent itself to Norwich snatching at chances just a little bit, but. Yeah, that first half, you could, I was right behind quite a few of the the shots in that first half, and you could just see that there was just a little bit snatching at it, just just a little bit too much. Um, so it was yeah, kind of tough to see. But I think that's that's the obvious takeaway from it, isn't it? it just need to be a little bit more. Um, I think I put in the piece a little bit more, kind of cold blooded in front of goal, and as I said, you know, not news, but Samo Puki can't be relied upon to be the the sole goal scorer. It needs to be, you know, goals coming from all, all different angles. So, um, yeah, I, I think nine goals, nine uh, shots, sorry, um, outside the the box kind of tells a, a story in itself that they were maybe just trying to force it a little bit. But again, you've got to have the context that Wigan were sitting deep, so they couldn't really get in behind them quite as quite as much. The game probably got a bit more stretched in the, the second half, but um, certainly in that first half when they were peppering Wigan's goal, it was probably because Wigan were, were sitting off quite a bit. You say you say
0: nine goals. I think it might be nine goals for the calendar year. Ah, <laughs> is yeah, right? Freudian um, slip yeah. Though, yeah. You, you need to add to that. Um, I mean, you you've also seen a lot of different football styles, and, and part of your job is to break those down and in, in, into what makes them and what they look like. I mean, you got the chance to actually ask Dean Smith what his football style is, and then sort of put that together. I guess with what you were what you were watching, if you were to kind of put the two together. And tell Norwich fans from an external perspective, this is, if you're going to write a, you know, another piece on it, this is what the, the, the breakdown of the areas and the things that they're trying to do that you can see.
4: Yeah, what he said, he wants, talking about off the ball, like wants to be very kind of forward thinking and as soon as they lose it, want to win it back as quickly as possible. And that's kind of true for, for most teams, isn't it? It's not kind of too revolutionary, but especially at the weekend, it looked like Norwich were sustaining attacks really well. And and again, maybe it is the context of Wigan were just kind of hitting it to the front man as, you know, as soon as they could. And then, you know, both Norwich centre-backs were just hoovering up and starting again. So there was waves and waves of attack. And again, you think if you can do that for, you know, every game this season and just keep sustaining those attacks, you put yourself in a better position to get more shots on goal, more shots, yeah, on target then, um, and more goals as a consequence. So, um, I thought Norwich sustained the attacks really really well um one thing I noticed as well was just the rotations between between the midfield and campwell was was drifting all over um, and Smith said after after the game that he wanted to put he said that uh, Hernandez had trained really well that week and wanted he ideally would have wanted to play him from the start, but with campwell being able to to drift inside a little bit more and leave a bit more space for Janulis on the on the left hand side then it was you know, a bit more of a conscious tactic, and I thought Cantwell actually played really, really well, really confident, playing with such freedom and dropped in really well. Um, Kenny McLean when he pushed on, Cantwell dropped in, and there was some really good, nice rotations where there was always a free man on the ball. So, but that was something which bodes well for for the rest of the season. I think, I think you said it before on this podcast that it's a it's a big season for for Cantwell, obviously having been on loan last season, and how much do Norwich need Cantwell more than Cantwell needs Norwich? you know. Um, so I think that, yeah, it's going to be a massive season for Cantwell. But he he was playing with such freedom and confidence that a fit and firing Todd Cantwell will be will be really good this season.
0: Yeah, very, very beneficial. Um, I'll let the guys sort of come up with maybe some questions that they want to ask you um, so they can maybe wave furiously or nod and we'll, we'll get to those questions in a moment. Um, but Mark, you are on the On The Ball podcast. I think you know what that means. It means you get comments like this. Spoon Meat says, uh, "I like Mark's toothbrush, <laughs> but it's got, it's got a great view."
4: I'm
0: at home, so
4: it's yeah, it's got to be done.
0: You are allowed a toothbrush at home. So that's, that's fine, Mark. Just like people are allowed to go on holiday. It's absolutely fine. Um, uh, we, we did a great, I say this, I mean, I, I so love doing it, but we did a great piece at the end of last season on <clears throat> looking for stats where Norwich were good or not the worst in the Premier League, Premier League last season. You can read that on The Athletic. It's a, it's a really lovely piece and it was just great to spend that time with you, Mark. Um, uh, I have to say it was hard not to have a wry smile on the opening weekend of the Premier League season, watching Bournemouth sort of beat Villa 2-0, easy does it, and Fulham leading twice at home um, against Liverpool as as well. And there was a stat on Match of the Day too that said that teams who pick up eight points from their first five games have a 96% chance chance of staying up. Um, And meanwhile, Norwich have probably skewed the recent stats to make it look really hard at actually staying up. Um, can, Can you... I don't know how you feel about those other teams, but what, I mean, did did Norwich sort of screw it up a bit? Do you, do you think that there are teams like Bournemouth and Fulham that are just going to have a better fist of it? Or is that a bit simplistic?
4: Yeah, I, typically, well, historically, I've thought of the, the teams who are more of the surprise package <laughs> are the ones who typically I think fare better in the the Premier League. So probably looking at... Sheffield United when they came up they had the overlapping center backs you know when Leeds came up they had the relentless Bielsa press and the man marking system that people didn't quite know what to do and um more recently than that i suppose Brentford coming into the Premier League and having the, their set pieces the, you know the long throws and the way that they go about um yeah you know dead ball situations was a bit of a shock as well so the the teams where they come with some, something a little bit different i think are the ones who who do fare a bit better and Fulham, a couple of seasons ago when they came up and and came straight back down, didn't really have too much of an identity and then that didn't fare them too well. And I don't know whether Norwich maybe had that a little bit last season where obviously changing managers doesn't help in terms of identity, but was there anything kind of specifically different to, to approach the game that, um, you know, that no one could deal with or get a handle on, in, you know, the first half or the first time that the team plays them and then eventually works them out. So I don't know whether it was that a little bit. And that kind of then feeds into the the piece that I've done on Saturday. And what obviously we can speak about is what exactly is Dean Smith's style? What exactly is he looking to, to do? Um, and when you haven't got that really, really clear cut, approach then maybe then you start asking questions about you know how you're going to go about the game
2: brilliant stuff mark um
0: gentlemen have you got any questions for mark
2: put you on the spot yeah i guess um we touched on it there mark about the style and this is really the first time in a championship season where we look like we we're trying to play four-three-three, which we did against wigan with two eights and a holding midfielder um as someone who maybe hasn't watched Norwich as much and that you were, you were there for the first day, how did that sort of how did you feel that um, paid off in attack and, and defence for Norwich with that new formation?
4: Yeah, I thought Sorensen dropped in really well between the centre backs at times and really helped with that build up because Max Ahrens is is such a strong player going forward as as much as anything. So it allowed him to to get really high, which I thought was was really good. Um, I don't know whether we've spoken about it yet, but Nunez, you know, his debut was was really strong, I thought. He was a bit of a terrier off the ball and then on the ball. I think there was a moment, I think it was a sort of crossfield pass. I think Rashidza actually swapped to the left side briefly and he had a really good pass on him and just been able to spray it. So he's a really good signing to be able to do that. But yeah, in build-up, there was there was good kind of dropping in um, between the two centre-backs, getting going, you know, at Max Aarons, as you'd expect, being higher. up. Um, and I think yeah, as I mentioned before, I think Todd Cantwell being able to kind of roam and and drift a little bit was really key because you just couldn't pick him up. He was sometimes central, he was sometimes like he did swap with Rashica, um early on. He then really kept his his width really well, hugged the touchline. I just think you couldn't really pick him up. So I think yeah, it was it was strong. Strong through the middle and and those rotations, as I say, I thought were were really good. Kenny McLean pushing on sometimes and then it was just quite seamless in terms of almost a pulley system that then someone else would drop in. Um, So there was patterns. There were certainly patterns that were clear to see. Um, I think then when you get into attack, what you need to do, I think, is get bodies more around Timu Puki, where, you know, Rashica really does like to, to keep his width. Todd well obviously likes to roam. And if you can try and get them a little bit more narrow so that it's maybe just either side of the width of the penalty area, then you can start to have a bit more kind of interchange. And that was how the goal, I thought, came about, where it was a little bit more narrow. But if you really spread the pitch too wide and then have the ball, then it, there's, I think pooky got a little bit isolated, basically. So um, that would be my only thing to, to improve upon, I thought.
3: I was going to ask, Mark, without throwing you under the bus a little bit, were there any players in that system where you thought, this isn't working, this isn't your
4: kind of system? Probably the latter. Not that it wasn't, you know, they weren't playing badly, but I think making sure, as I say, that Pookie is, there's, there's players around him. Because there were sometimes. I think I mentioned it again in the piece, where he was just having to, to chase um, hopeful balls and by the end he was cramping up. And it's not, he hasn't got the pace to, to accelerate beyond people anyway. So I think if you can get bodies and fast bodies around him, I think Hernandez, when he came on, was brilliant for that really kind of tricky and trying to get forward as quickly as he could. Um so it wasn't that I mean I'm not gonna say that the, the Norwich aren't built for the team of Pukki, that's obviously not what I'm saying. But uh I think that I think when Josh Sargent came on, I didn't think he, he played all that well. I mean you guys would know better than me just how much yeah. of a future he has. Um but I think he was even backing out of kind of challenges a little bit sometimes in the air. So not necessarily that the system wasn't working, but when Josh Sargent came on, I, I just didn't think he added anything, whereas I think most of the other substitutes did. Um, if that kind of hope, hopefully answers your question a little bit, that's
1: brilliant Steve. So, I was just going to ask Mark, um, what you made of the last sort of five or ten minutes under Daniel Farker. We had a bit of a reputation, as you probably know, for, for scoring late goals in our championship campaigns. Um, it Sort of all tactics seemed to go out the window, and we just kind of threw everything at the wall and as many attacking players as possible came on i mean did did you notice anything coherent that that I couldn't spot um or did did it just appear to you to be a let's just
4: fling enough mud at the wall and hope some of it sticks? hmm yeah, interesting it was yeah kind of chaotic um I thought. I'm trying to think how much they actually were actually looking to cross it. I know that Norwich aren't exactly the, the tallest of sides, but I don't know how much there was actual crosses into dangerous areas where you can just get a, a flick on and then there's a loose ball and then you can maybe get something from there. I think it was maybe trying to not walk it in, but trying to just get into, it was too congested. And then sometimes crossing can obviously circumnavigate that a little bit. Um, I thought there was a couple of occasions where Hernandez and had done a, you know, a lot Um, you know attacking wise and maybe drop the shoulder got into a position to maybe even shoot or cross and then it was just that extra touch or that trying to beat the man just one more time and I was thinking you know if you just take a shot even if it's not on target but it maybe goes into a dangerous area then something can happen so if you don't take a chance there then definitely nothing's going to happen so that was sometimes I was thinking just be a bit more Clinical in terms of obviously trying to hit the target, but try and actually release the ball and get it into dangerous areas. And I think there were times when it was frantic, but not necessarily coming back to it, I guess, full circle, not really any, any of that end product. <sighs> M product i feel we've seen those two words i
0: know <laughs> we're, we're already well versed in it to be honest um got an external question here from um from alex uh, good evening to you alex um opinions on the atmosphere at Carro road from an outsider's perspective which feels like a horrifically loaded question so <laughs> there's no judgment here mark away you go
4: no i thought it was a fantastic atmosphere um really good atmosphere there was so you'll be able to explain it better than me guys but to the, to my left, especially there was a very vocal corner um, of the stadium. <laughs> the I, the snake pit is that where it was? Okay, yep. Sorry for my uh, ignorance there, but I thought that was they really drove the the atmosphere and the chanting the the whole time. Um, well, maybe it's because they were in close proximity to me as well. But it was a really good, really good noise, really good atmosphere, um, and so much yellow. I know that you guys play in yellow, but there yeah. were so many home shirts, and it was just great to see. Even you know, getting to the to the stadium, I thought it was a really really nice atmosphere and a really nice day as well so cannot complain beautiful weather in Norwich see Mark had a great time I love it <laughs> um and uh, so there
0: we go um what uh, what's the uh well that's brilliant Mark thank you so much first of all as what well, I should say um what's the what's going to fill up the rest of your week by the way now you've fulfilled all your Norwich commitments
4: well, I've got a, a day off um, towards the end of the week, which loud, those, people you know. at The Athletic are allowed because um, it's my birthday at the weekend, so I'm taking a bit of a shorter week. Um, Do you want to go
0: to Hull for your birthday? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Norwich Hull? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: Happy, happy. To- That'd be a nice birthday present, actually. Um, <laughs> but no, aside from that, I'm uh, I'm gearing up to, to get a lot of things ready for... Um, for the season really you know, we've been doing quite a lot with transfers and stuff like that. And now things are actually start football's actually started to get going. Um, I want to make sure that all of the, all of you guys as the writers are are prepared and and ready for, um, a lot of our visualizations and data so we can get it to you as quickly as possible.
0: Look at that. What is such a professional answer. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Mark. Have a brilliant birthday, obviously, and, um, enjoy your day off. And
4: last question Are Norwich going up. I think so. I think yeah. so. I'm going, to, I'm going to say you guys are going to finish second, but oh. I'm going to say you're going up. Okay. Who's going to win the division? <laughs> I'm going to say Blackburn.
0: Oh! oh wow. <laughs> they, um, say Blackburn? They, they put out quite the video on their TikTok um, <laughs> uh, aimed at Russell Martin uh, today, I did notice. So uh, yeah, we, maybe we can talk about that one another time. Mark, thank you so much for coming on. A, I hope you get to watch Norwich again, and B, um, will you come on the podcast again?
4: Of course, I'd love to. Yeah, thank you for having me, everybody. I really enjoyed this. So, you for
0: coming. Cheers, Mark, Tom, man. Cheers, of course, guys. Mark. Right thank you. All what the best. A we'll send him off on his way. There he goes. Um, and hopefully, he will come back to Norwich. That was lovely, wasn't it? Thank you so much, Mark, for making the time and for then doing a brilliant job, um, doing his job at Carra Road. Um, and as I said, you can read Mark's piece on the athletics, definitely worth it. Um, he did touch on Marcelino Nunez, uh, who we got to watch. Um, I, I have to be honest, I was amazed that he started. It just doesn't normally happen. Yeah. Normally they get bedded in. <laughs> and one of the things that went through my mind in the car as I was driving back from the West was that's really desperate. Um, but then to watch the game, um, I was like, oh no, he's a really good player and he's really up, fit and, and ready to go. And um, And Ryan... Uh what did you make of him? Because it I, I was quite impressed.
3: I was very impressed. I agree with what Mark was saying. Um bit of a terrier. And for ages, the uh oh, we're moving. We're good. <laughs> the um uh, and for ages I feel like the, the the turnover in possession has been a bit slack. And you need someone to be able to pick up that pace. And when Dean Smith, Dean Smith, when Dean Smith was at Aston Villa, he liked to play with two kind of high-intensity eights, you know, and John Begin having a huge part in that team. And I feel like Nunez, certainly from what we've seen, will play a, a similar role to that. Um, it's a bit unlucky not to score, I, th- I thought. He, he clearly likes a shot from long range, which I, I can get behind, you know, especially when you're going to come and get up against a lot of teams who are going to sit, on the edge of their own penalty area, you need someone to just have a go at some point, And he looks like he had an eye for that. Um, don't want to big him up too much because we don't know anything else. Uh, we've got a list of players who have had fantastic first games and then um, have tailed off, let's say. But No,
0: I can't. I can't <laughs> surely there aren't any of those. <laughs> absolutely
3: not, Stephen Naismith. No. So we, we uh, need to be wary of that. But as it stands,
0: I'm um, liking what I'm seeing. Um, Jen, anything stick out with you from uh, Mr. Nunez? I mean, we also had Gabriel or Gabby, as he's been nicknamed, I think, by the coaching staff, uh, Sarah, come on for his uh, late cameo, I suppose would be the technical parlance for it, Dan.
2: Uh, yeah, it's funny you mentioned that, Ryan, about other players who've had great debuts and then just disappeared because. At one point, he reminded me of uh, Duda's debut when he looked excellent. <laughs> great first touch, great vision, created chances, etc. against Bournemouth, I think it was. Um, but yeah, he, lo- he looked he he looked looked really good. He had that ability where he- it looked like he was thinking ahead of the game and thinking a little bit quicker than most other players on the pitch. Dare I say it, the kind of ability that Madison and Wes and Buendia had just to make decisions before uh, anyone else may have thought of that decision. Um, you you saw you mentioned desperation getting him in there, Michael. Which, in some in some ex, some extent, I think you're right because I think Smith was is desperate to play that four three three with two number eights, as Ryan says, who do drive forward, who do carry the ball, which is exactly why we bought Nunes, or Nones as Norrie City seemed to want us to call him. I think Nones, yeah. and we've bought Sarah I mean, in as well. It's definitely. Yeah, yeah, well they're a pronunciation guide which I think Connor Southwell tweeted a photo of suggested non-yes, so, but who knows. Um, but there's that desperation from Smith to get that midfield clicking and I think it's worth remembering that our midfield in that first game against Cardiff with Sorensen and Kenny McLean is so much below the standard of the midfield that got us promoted before with Skip, Tetty Moritz Leitner, Mario Vrancic uh, Tom Tribal, so much below that standard that it's kind of hard to gauge where we're at compared to those two seasons and hard to gauge Dean Smith's impact because he is dealing with less quality at the moment. And what we need, obviously, is Nunez, Yes, and Sara to match the quality of those former midfielders that we had at this club. And if we do, then hopefully we'll start to see things clicking. Uh, but that's a long way of saying yeah i thought he looked really excellent <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, it's, i mean it's <clears throat> yeah it's very interesting i was trying to work out if i saw a graphic that had norwich actually playing more of a four because i thought it was a four two three one initially that they'd put
2: up but then i didn't maybe it wasn't mm, uh, i think kenny was, and yeah, was kenny and much much uh, further advanced than sorensen
0: yeah. um and uh, i think dean smith said as much today as well um and I thought Kenny McLean did okay, but it's a really interesting point you make on the on the midfield, definitely. And um, we've got plenty of uh, more time to to judge him, hopefully, um, as as well as Sarah, who I thought came on and looked made a couple, made a couple of really good runs. I thought first and foremost, which is nice to see Norwich breaking up um, lines like that. Um, there has been another signing as well, Steve, which almost passed me by to be honest, and they don't normally, um, but I was off, um, which is Aaron Ramsey on loan. Not that one. Uh, on loan from Aston Villa uh it's been confirmed to wear the number 20 shirt um i find this one quite interesting steve i you know, i just i i, I i'm I'm here going i don't really i don't almost understand it but I don't know. Uh, what,
1: what would you say to me? <laughs> well, it'd be good for him to get some minutes before Wales' World Cup campaign went to it. Ha, 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 ha. Let's see if I can make that joke become funny between now and the end of the season. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think it's I think it's actually not a bad signing. It's kind of a weird one. I think the, the implication, because he's a Villa player, is that, oh, well, it's just Smith picking up his old players. You know, I, it, I, I do think it's in an area where we definitely need, you know, a, well, Assuming he can play kind of in those two wide roles, or possibly even as a, um, you know, one of the two more advanced centre midfielders. Um, so seems like he'll be a versatile player. He's a young player who's going to be hungry with a point to prove. Which, yeah, kind of looking at our attacking options and um, how much they might have to prove individually, uh, I, I think they could probably do with someone providing that kind of competition. Do I know how good he is? Absolutely not. Have we had some, you know, great loanies from the Premier League at this level? Yeah. So he could be an Ollie Skip, or he could be a Marcus Edwards. You know, we we don't know. I suspect he'll probably be. Is it Marcus Edwards? I genuinely can't remember that. Yeah. Remember. yeah. No. You yeah, just lost it. lost confidence there midway through. Um. I think he'll almost certainly be somewhere in between those two, but definitely, you know, I think I think to provide some competition in those wide areas is absolutely what we need and I expect he will start
0: tomorrow I I
1: would guess he'll be involved from the
0: beginning yeah I think they've just got to get clearance for him to play Villa have certainly allowed him to play and according to Dean Smith he can play as a 10 he can play either side he can also play as an eight so I think there's plenty of options there I just personally just didn't probably expect them to bring in a lone player just for it being alone so obviously he he has a great pedigree um, and you know he's did well last season in league one um, is, he, is he related to Jacob Ramsey? Is that right? Yes, He's his brother, isn't he? His I brother, think yes, younger yeah. brother. Mm-hmm. So who is a fantastic player himself, isn't he? As Norwich found out last season. So um, yeah, there's obviously an excitement there. Uh, I did just wonder if they were going to sort of um, avoid doing something like that, given that they've got their own youngsters that maybe they would want to, um, I, I, to push on. But... So, so,
1: I, I don't really, I, I kind of get the argument, but if you you know like a lot of the youngsters who we have have sort of proven that they're not really good enough so i i kind of think if there's a better one out there why wouldn't you take them in a season when you know it's it's fairly important that we go straight back up i, I find that argument a bit weird to be honest to strengthen the squad
2: and is a part of it that roe is out for a couple of months he's going to be out for some time they're
0: not putting a time frame on it it's a stress related injury um i know he had his foot in the boot so i'm guessing it's an ankle not injury i haven't I might have come up while i was away so i don't exactly know but um yes so he's out for a while and also tony springett rolled his ankle in pre-season and hasn't been involved either so and i mean i kind of you know clearly aaron ramsey is a more talented player than both of those two simply because of what he's done already <laughs> so i am well aware of him um and i'm sure that aston villa have really high hopes for him so um uh I I guess just because there's so many options in that end of the pitch, I was just surprised that they brought someone else in and someone on loan who I guess has arrived to get some minutes, but Norwich may not benefit from that beyond what he does this season. So, But maybe that will be enough. Maybe Maybe that will be enough. The
1: the Onel clamor has returned, though, uh, in full force. Um, and he did play well, actually, on Saturday. Um, it's just uh, interesting to see people saying, well, he has to start now. He must. He must start next game. And um, mm. I think, to be honest, I think he might be good doing exactly what he did on Saturday. Now that there's five subs, you know, he might be one of those kind of Alessio Russo-style finishers, um, you know, who, can, who just plays the last half an hour in games and can do that against tired legs. Um,
0: but it's nice to have that option, right? Yes. As long as we see some end product, <laughs> we're all we're all there. Um, so that would be grand. Uh, no one else has left, yet Either we wait for two weeks and no one else has left. Was that were there mind.
2: rumors that Sky reported that um, the Borussia Mönchengladbach's Gladbach sporting director was there watching Rashitsa? They did.
1: Yeah. yeah. So Farkas going to take him Rashitsa back?
0: I mean, would strike me as strange if I was honest, but you no, know, <laughs> could happen.
2: It's interesting, actually, to see Rashid on the right. I am not. I don't really recall seeing him much out there and his job not being to cut inside, but just to hog the touchline and try and get to the byline. And, you know, I've seen mixed reports, but I thought he, it was one of his more promising games for us. I thought he created a little bit. There was a natural sort of affiliation with Max Aarons on the right as well, and I thought he linked up pretty well with Nunes and uh, Todd. You know, he drifted out, as he always seems to, but I thought he had a bit more impact than has done in previous games
0: i guess um i guess ramsey arriving does make me think that they expect that Milot won't be here by the time the window closes uh, i think we have probably had that conversation before mm. um as well um 10 million is he doing what a 10 million pounds winger bought for the premier league should be doing in the pre- in the championship in those first two games mm. got an assist got a, got he did get an assist that's true <laughs> so we're, we're sort of the, i take it all back to be honest the the only 12 million make it 12 12 yeah yeah sell him on um right well i think that does all that um uh, let's wrap up the opening half maybe maybe less and more um uh, with our list of things we are not going to talk about i hope you've come prepared with your things we are not going to talk about does anyone want to go first on this list
3: Yes, I'll go first because I am scared the other two have to take in this point as well. Okay. I am not going to talk about the amount of people who do not know the rules of dangerous challenges in football at the moment. And I don't want to talk about how Max Ahrens should have had a penalty and Naylor should have had a red card and how there's an argument at the moment of the game's gone, everyone's soft and he went for the ball, so it's fine. No, it's not. Uh, it's a dangerous challenge. It's a red card and a penalty.
0: Yeah, I, I I do think there's a debate to be had over whether it's a red card, but that but that's sort of by the by because at no point is it not a penalty. And I I I, I but it really interesting, so interesting because in an in an EFL context, like the the the, the coverage on 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 um, didn't feature John Sky. Um, well, it wasn't on the it wasn't even on the club highlights, was it? But the Sky coverage as well was very was borderline. You know, I can see why the referee didn't give it. And I'm just saying they go. What are you talking about? Because in any top level of football, it would take five seconds and it would be a penalty. The fact he's touched the ball, got the ball forced where, first, whatever, is completely and entirely irrelevant. It's a dangerous challenge and it's a foul. It's, you only have to look at every other foul that the referee gave over the course of the 90 minutes.
2: It's, Sky, um, did their usual your um, roundup of controversial incidents this morning and covered that one? And all the former referees and everyone involved said it was definitely a, a penalty and a red card. Oh, they did, did they?
0: Though. They said it was a red card as well. That's the Dermot Gallagher one, isn't it?
2: Um, yeah. It oh, was, fair
0: enough. It was it's
1: such good. a more penalty that Hodgie was even annoyed that you even put up for debate, <laughs> run on Twitter.
3: By I know, I saw that. Don't, even, saw don't that. even
1: question it. How dare yeah. you even give people the option to say that know, it wasn't?
3: I know, but I to be honest with you, I did it out of curiosity to kind of see who gets it and who doesn't. You know, that's <laughs> kind of why I did it. And my favourite one is someone just replied with, oh, he's gone for the ball. I'm like, yes. Obviously, he's gone for the ball. That's the whole point of tackling your wet wipe. But the follow through <laughs> is just like utterly uh, ridiculous. But, but the, it, yeah,
0: I mean, that's the thing, though. You know, they were talking to Chris Hewton and, and Michael Brown, who you know, in his you know vocabulary, it's obviously a perfectly fine challenge because it was the sort of thing he did. But you know, they were literally like, "Oh, I can see why. Even Don Goodman as well, and it's just like you you're absolutely deluded and and that's why i spent all our season going yeah i know people don't like how var works but i would still much rather have it because it would have literally taken five seconds and, and instead we have to sit there going well this is crap i was
1: just going to make the exact opposite point i bloody love this this is exactly no. why i enjoy
0: <laughs> being <put laughs> these
4: kind of the discussions no. give me this
1: all day long absolutely brilliant let's, oh. let's i mean yeah. i know it's it's dying out because uh var's coming to, you know Todd Campbell started calling for it this is the this is the beginning of VAR in the championship I think but um yeah miles bad give me give me terrible championship refs over no, um e- waiting for the
2: decision and equally on that, I'd rather it. I'd rather that decision be wrong and be able to celebrate Norwich's goal without worrying that Erling was offside Correct. or that yep, Nelson was yep. offside in the build up really? uh, Overturned by the AI, it's I mar- I mar- I mar- it's absolutely
1: marvellous. And then, and then coming home and being uh, coming home and like, was it a penalty? I don't know. Maybe it no, was. No, it was it obviously a penalty because yeah, but not. But I don't know that from where 10 I'm sitting. Seconds,
0: but the referee you know. should. Oh my
1: god, I can't. I, we can't oh. all just watch the game on TV like you, Michael. Some of us oh. are there and the fans, you know. Despair!
2: <laughs> oh, I cannot believe you. Said. Like, oh but, yeah. Um, okay. On the on the referee, the one thing I don't want to mention is the fact that referees have been told this season to crack down on time wasting and ben amos was time wasting from about seven minutes <laughs> yeah. in and finally got carded in about the 95th minute on saturday it should have been sent off about three times the amount of time he wasted during that. they were
0: on it again they were on it in the premier league i reckon with the in the championship they'll be like yeah, no, you know no one watches don goodman will say there was a you know, <laughs> <that'd be> fine <laughs> i just uh i yeah i can't uh, it's, it's like people say we won't have anything to discuss if 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 you I mean, we don't have any bad decisions. I mean, we we would, we would. I mean, it's it's totally it. not that because we could go on and complain about VAR
1: all day. But I just think it it allows the game to flow much better when and and
2: people to get angry about things. It's just but, fantastic. I love it. <laughs> Who knows with a standard of referee in a championship whether it would have been overturned on VAR anyway? Who who knows who would have been on VAR <laughs> yes. I'm
1: up, I'm up for bringing in VAR in the championship if it's also terrible. Like if they just <laughs> Max get Max would have wrong. been booked
2: for diving instead.
1: <laughs> yeah, you If anything you went just down too easily. Random decision um, generator. Um speaking of yeah. Max, thought he was absolutely excellent and kind of looks at this point. He's kind of playing worryingly well. Me. What have we got? Twenty-three more days of this window being open. He just looks a cut above, and I also liked it him giving it back to the Wigan fans for um, <laughs> yes. chanting it when Dimmy was down injured. So um,
0: yeah, he was my great. Wa- my wife says, "Why? Why would footballers score and then just look so miserable?" He
1: did look <laughs> so
0: angry. When he scored. He came up. Fun. He came
1: back up to the other end and just sort of had a big sulky look on his face. It was fantastic.
0: Uh, I have to say, we have to take that with all performances between now and the end of August. If they're to carry any credit, then they need to continue beyond the closing of the transfer window. (laughs) That is a rule, Mm. to be honest, for for anyone. Um, We do obviously wish uh, Dimi uh, Janulis a speedy recovery. He's injured his ligaments, but he hasn't broken his ankle. It was actually more innocuous than I was expecting when I saw it. Um, uh, But obviously it's still uh, horrendous, although some people were telling me it would have been better if he'd broken his ankle. I don't know. I haven't had an ankle injury like that, but, uh, uh, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a ligament injury, so let's just hope he gets back as soon as possible. It's probably going to be at least two months. We'll have to see. I hadn't realised Ben Godfrey actually broke his ankle or his leg, didn't he, Um, mm. on the weekend as well. So, of course, wish Ben, um, while he's playing for Everton, wish him a speedy recovery too. He's going to be out for three months. Um, I didn't want to talk about the fact that Along Come Norwich have written a post about the atmosphere and the flags at Carrow Road. If you're wondering, why aren't there all these flags? um, Go read that. It's really interesting. It's on their website and um, you'll find it on Twitter somewhere. So I didn't want to talk about that. Anything else anyone wants to not talk about? Um, Well, just as you mentioned, Demi, I thought McCallum looked good when
1: he came on. um, And hopefully, you know, now we'll get to see what he's about. I know uh, Dean Smith mentioned in his press conference that uh, Jakob Sorensen can play left back. So, but I would imagine we'll see a bit of McCallum now and kind of quite looking forward to that, really.
0: Is it interesting? That's the first time Dean Smith mentioned it. So, um, yeah, quite uh, quite clear that he wanted to – that someone's told him that that can um, help um, cover <laughs> left-back now. Um, so th- so that's there. and um, I, they've I assume it. He,
2: he can't play left-back until uh, Isaac Hayden's back fits as well to take the central midfield role. Yes. Otherwise, he's um, playing central midfield. Yes, in, <laughs> indeed.
0: Although Isaac's on his way back soon in a few weeks as well. Um, so I think that's all those things. Um I think i've covered off my holiday um someone did liken it to me uh being uh, getting a job as a santa and taking off christmas which i it's <laughs> a little harsh um uh, and uh, just say um someone decided to cut out eight seconds of my video verdict and then put it up online completely out of context because they literally cut out the words first half before the bit they put out um which was, was really annoying. That was the only uh, thing
2: you tweeted about on holiday, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah
0: I was <laughs> angry that and that and my Ben Kendall interview, which you can read on the Athletic. But um, you know, when you're be- felt like you're being done a horrendous wrong, I was just like, no. But, was it um, was it anyone important though? Or was it some No Mark from Cardiff? I was just a just a student in Wales. So hopefully he's not studying journalism because he missed the clip where I said Cardiff would do well to finish outside the bottom half, which I thought was overly harsh, to be honest. (laughs) That's the bit I'd have clipped out. Um, They will. They were rubbish. Oh, gosh. The two teams we've seen so far have been
1: so bad. Wigan, sorry, Wigan before they scored their first goal were seriously seriously dreadful. we had ten yeah. shots in our first twenty five minutes which
2: yeah. is mad they looked like they did not expect us to line up like we did in that formation i was just I was just going to say actually on on bad editing Michael with um, i don 't know if anyone else saw the ITV highlights of our game that mm. got rid of all conventions and decided not to do it in chronological order, so they had Wigan scoring before uh, the Sernson, um well, the Sorensen shot and the Sonson, uh when he gave the ball away and they nearly scored uh, before that and they missed and they had one of our shots before another one of the shots. So they just moved everything out of chronological order, which um, it was a deliberate act and they're going down some sort of Christopher Nolan uh, postmodern <laughs> cinematic a delivery of their highlights, then maybe I'm all for it actually. Oh, it a little for interesting. interesting.
0: You might make some games. It it much
3: all of the highlights just cut like memento from now on. That would be <laughs> <funny>. how, <laughs> yeah. how did we get to that point? Let's find yeah. out. <laughs> oh, wow. Imagine it.
1: I, I think, surely, it's quite difficult to do that, isn't it? I mean, I'm not an expert in video editing, especially, but surely, sure, surely you know, time timestamps it, it, it comes
0: in chronological
1: order, right? Yeah. So why would well, you I then, do.
0: you know, chuck that over there? And, and, if you, and, if you're chopping it up and putting it forward, you might put it back in the wrong place without realising it and before you know it, it was 4-0 before it was 6-0 or whatever. You, know, was, you know what I mean um, okay, the only other thing I didn't want to talk about that I really did want to talk about was uh, Lauren Hemp, um, obviously England women are just brilliant And um, I missed her being at Caro on Saturday, which, to be honest, I was probably more gutted about than than missing the game because I wanted to tell her how how well she'd done. Um, And uh, I think she's a superstar. So uh, (laughs) I think everyone's really proud of her. I got to spend the semi final at North Walsham Town, which was really fun watching it with them because. Um, they were so desperate for her to do well as well as the rest of the of the women um, I mean if if all this doesn't spur Norwich on to fully get behind the women's team then they should get some people in who do as far as I'm concerned so <laughs> I hope they have a really brilliant season um, I think we're all done there um, have we got uh, any questions or topics or comments what have we got Steve have you seen um, any have any um, come across with the way they're trying to extricate Past situations or anything?
1: They have not, um, oh. as far as I can tell. That's Stephen H has changed. asked, "Do we do Norwich have the players to play to Pookie's strength? Should we let him leave? Yes or no? Pookie out? No. Okay, that's quick and easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Evening all, says Stephen Stibbons. Can anyone explain to me how Sergeant gets on the pitch? Ed Again, you can just say no.
3: <laughs> Go on, I did the last one um money paid <laughs> wow okay.
2: ryan's going for corruption <laughs> <laughs> <Brian>. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh allegedly straight up bungs um yeah. well he was sort of pushed out wide wasn't he sergeant the idea was or they didn't seem to play there whereas hugo would have gone straight down the middle this is true yeah. might be a position. That's, a, that's a good
0: point
1: um and will Granty seven or maybe Will Grant, Y seven. I don't know. Do any of you know the last player, Bar Gibson, to have at least three or more different squad numbers in each season? Wow, so thirty four oh, in twenty twenty one. That's a question for you, Steve. Surely. Yeah, I feel like if no. Well, I'm kind of hoping one of you is going to have an answer so that I don't have the inclination to look um, this one up because
0: I will have to do it. If, um... <laughs> I, I'd be surprised if it was anyone going down in numbers. Um,
3: um not from. This current lot, but Russell Martin, if I remember, had number six, the number two, the number five. That's as good as he I've did. got. And what was he when he first
1: started? Was he not it, like, was he like 20? Oh, I don't know.
3: He was number six when he came on He was number Peter. six when he came on okay. Yeah. He's yeah. going to be
0: a youngster. He's going to have to be a youngster, I think. And I mean, Anel's been from 25 to 11 and then back again. But, um mm. uh, they, Brown, they,
2: uh, did he he changed numbers at least once, didn't he oh
1: maybe mm. uh, Gary Doherty was twelve and twenty seven I don't know if he had a third one though. Mm. I really hope, by
2: the way, that Will Grant has the answer to this and isn't isn't just asking if we know. Yeah,
0: Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Will, come on, put your money where your mouth is. I think um... if you've got pen and paper, Steve, you'll need to write that one down and see if you can find uh, anyone who is... Oh, there he is. He's already on. I think (laughs) we need to... The lesson in this, though, is that we
1: need to put Gibson back to number 34 so that he can rediscover his uh, 2021 (laughs) form.
0: Yeah, wasn't a great moment. I mean, I mean Norwich are taking risks at the back, aren't they, by being so stretched? Because I think when he lost the ball, it was literally a five mm. v two in Wigan's favour, mm. <laughs> or it may, maybe it was the one where Sorensen got pushed off the ball. Well, but one yeah, of those. I mean, it? it was ludicrous how, and I mean that is a you know. You would never do that at Premier League level because it's a goal every time. And at Championship, they just like put a cross behind, them, behind the goal and things like that. So, I think we would do it at Premier League level. To be fair, but no one else would. Fair point. Well, yeah, were we really a Premier League team? I don't know. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> um, we had we already had enough Premier League chat. I think for for a, for a Championship podcast. Um, uh, in that case, I reckon then we should probably move on to a bit of John M- Motson, shouldn't we? So let's uh, let's have a bit of this. This is almost fantasy football. Wow, well, we certainly hope so, John. Um, uh, what, a, what a few days we have coming up. Uh, Birmingham and Carroll Road on, on Tuesday. I'm looking forward to being back at Carroll Road because I haven't done it yet. Uh, I was off last week. Um, and then, of course, we have a trip to Hull on Saturday. Um, anything, what's, what's exciting us about these? I mean, hopefully Gabrielle, Gabby, Sarah will be starting uh, tomorrow. Anyone else we want to see? We mentioned Aaron Ramsey. Anyone else left? Do we want to see?
3: I would like to see Daniel Sanani start. Player of the season, right, right? My player of the season. He you'll see, Already. you'll see guys. It'll kickstart tomorrow night, I promise you. Don't quote me on that. Don't clip me. Well, you quote
2: yourself. A, that was a question <laughs> I was going to ask um, actually. What is what is he? What is Daniel Sanani? Where where should he play? What does he do that's good? Is he just Tony Andrew? What uh, oh, what does he do? Does, that, does anyone else know what he really does? Yeah. What he's affected uh, at?
1: My dad asked me. And this, the same isn't, uh, this isn't
2: writing him off, by the way. He, he may well be very good. I just don't really. Having seen him only a few times at Huddersfield and obviously for Norris in the last couple of games in brief substitute appearances, I can't quite work out what he is.
1: I I really like the pass that led to the pass that led to Pookie's shot that hit the bar. I know that sounds like a very specific moment, but that was a neat ball into Campbell's feet. Um, that was the best thing that he did in that game. So maybe he's that sort of player. I don't know why I've interjected first there, because I don't really know either, Dan. I feel like Michael's able to give him genuine insight. That I've
0: just cut across. Come on, Michael. <laughs> right. No pressure. I, I, I guess at the moment, he's probably two players in that he is wanting to come deep and play those balls through lines. And he obviously has a bit of vision so he can pick that pass. Um And then there's the other player that probably played more often for Huddersfield that is able to play in those sort of three support roles, which exist in a 4-2-3-4, a 4-2-3-1, but not maybe the 4-3-3 as much, um, and sort of get about Pookie and and also carry his own goal threat. So um, in an ideal world, you'd narrow him down to one of those two positions and, and, and put him in the formation that works. I mean, I don't... I still look at at Rashidza and try and work out if that's actually working or not or whether he's playing because everyone likes him and he costs a lot of money. I mean, I don't know if Danel might be better in one of those more advanced positions because he will come in and be closer and he will be one of those players that's closer to Tamu Puki rather than Milot who doesn't really get in the box unless he's running on it, running on the ball from 40 yards. So um, maybe he's that. Well, this
3: is why I quite like the idea of him because I'm pretty sure at Huddersfield last season he played at times up front with, I want to say, Danny Ward, and he sort of dropped deeper and linked the midfield three to, the, to Ward. So I'm wondering if there's something in that maybe as the the closest link to Timu, but I, again, I could just be making, making that up, but I quite like the idea of having him as that sort of almost a, a false nine up front with a nine kind of style, but I'm not sure that will be a system we'll play that much, especially now we have... Hayden coming back, which will allow Sarah and Nunez to break forward to eight.
0: I mean, we could have a completely different midfield um, in, mm. a, in a in in a matter of months, which yeah. would be uh, interesting. I say, I mean, obviously we've seen some of them, so not completely new, but you know what I mean. Um, Hull Hull's interesting um, mainly because I know that they're a team that have basically said we're going to finish in the top six this season. So um, you know, the one thing where everyone sat there saying, oh, well, Norwich always do this anyway and they they go up and what have you, there are a lot of teams who are pretty hungry, Steve, and it does put the pressure on if you sort of coast through and think you're entitled to something.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a good litmus test, I think, because they had a good home win, um, I think, maybe against Bristol City on the first day where they scored right at the end and I guess there was probably something of a feel-good factor there anyway, um, given that you know, new owners, a bit more ambition. So I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough game. We, we don't have a great record at the KC stadium, whether that makes any difference to anything, I, I don't know. Um, but I think Hull are a team that probably do have a little bit more that, you know, have a few more designs on finishing in the top six you've said than either Cardiff or Wigan would have. So yeah, I'm, I have this feeling and, you know, we're working off a sample size of literally two games, but it might be an Alex Neil type season where uh, but second time around where we're a fair bit better at home than we are away from home. And I hope to be proven wrong by that on Saturday. But um, I don't know why I've just got a nagging feeling that we're, we're not going to rise to the occasion on Saturday. Yay. <laughs> Sorry, I do think we'll win in the cup tomorrow, though easy peasy so oh, uh, mean, a nice a nice league cup run will uh offset the disappointment of
0: uh, wow i mean it certainly made a hell of a difference last season that, that <laughs> wonderful six nil win over Bournemouth. <laughs> um and there we go um uh, i guess we're at the point where it's um any other business um anything anyone else wants to bring up any more we got a good question here from james rushmore i'll bring in any thoughts on the influence Alan Russ, uh, Alan Russell's had at Norwich too early to notice the change. Obviously, been brought in as set piece coach. I mean, I think it's are quite clearly Norwich are trying to be more creative from set pieces. At the moment, it almost feels like they're being uh it's almost a bit too uh how they're overcomplicating it, I suppose, where it's like a lot. They're trying to be too clever, and so it maybe that's um, you know, hampering its effectiveness somewhat initially. I don't know. I mean, it was the closest they came to scoring in Cardiff and created chances at home with it as well, Dan.
2: I suppose one noticeable thing is corners have been taken by Todd, which, I mean, he ne- he's never been on set pieces for us, which always struck me as a bit weird as, you know, someone with his technical ability should be pretty decent at set pieces. And they've been quite good. He puts them in, when he's just putting them into the area, he's putting them into good, dangerous areas. So maybe we've found out that Todd is actually an excellent set piece taker. What we did miss on um, uh, Saturday was Big Grant Hanley's head, on the end of some of those uh, (laughs) crosses into the box though which brings me on to a kenny other business question um it does Hanley come straight back in next Saturday against Hulk Because obviously well Omar Bamadeli did the little we had to do brilliantly and with a lot of class Gibson um, did the little we had to do with not a lot of class he had one of those games uh for Norwich um but you know they're they're the natural pairing because it's left foot right foot but does Hanley come straight back in, do you think? I I think Henley comes straight back in. Uh, to
1: yeah. me, um, I mean, I'm a bit of a Gibson sympathiser, but he didn't look ready. Like, that's the worst I've ever seen him play for us, I think. Like, he, he just didn't look ready for the, the game, if, if you ask me, because he's, he's not usually that bad, he looked totally uncertain. And I think one of the big takeaways from the first two matches is, is that it looks like it's going to be on Mbamadeli uh, unless he loses form or gets injured. I think it's going to be him plus one. So I think it is those two battling out for the final spot.
0: I mean, you could probably play um, Ben with Andrew on Saturday uh, in midweek, sorry, um, so that he gets the game out of his system. Um, mm. But I think when it comes to the whole game, I mean, it would be Grant and depends who needs it more, I suppose. But it does quite a point. Does I mean, it does feel a bit like Norwich might be a centre back short at the moment. Um, I would have to say. Well, no. <laughs> I'm just a bit worried that Sam is, is, is sort of having a niggling fitness start to the season at the moment. And if you're already saying that Jakob Sorensen is going to need to cover at left back, possibly, Planet you know, he position. can't then cover at centre back at the same time. So <laughs> yeah. um, that said, I am forgetting about Jonathan Tomkinson. And in fact, actually, um, Tuesday may be a really good game for him to mm-hmm. play rest Andrew. And then you could play uh, Ben and Ben gets it out of the system and play Jonathan next to him at centre back. See how he gets on against a Premier League, uh, Premier League Championship team in the uh, in the cup. There we go. I've, can, I've solved um, it.
1: Can Shemisov, where to play tomorrow?
0: I don't think you can play against your parent club, and unless we've put some agreement in place. Yeah. But maybe. But why? Why would you ever do it? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like I mean, please, do you want? Do you
1: want the obvious answer?
0: <laughs> you yes, kind of, yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> he's he scored as many goals as Norwich this season, so I think less of the lip that's, uh, that's is what fair. I would say. I, I can't really. I don't like the stick that everyone gives him. He's like a young guy who's a Poland international. He probably is going to the World Cup and everyone's just slating him as if he's the worst, least talented person they've ever seen on a football pitch. I'm just like, everyone, ease up. Like, why are you being so mean? I didn't. <laughs> Don't
3: be mean everyone. I hope he does well at Birmingham. You could, to be fair, you could clip what Michael just said there and apply it to either Christoph Chalice or Josh Sargent as well. You just run it, run it (laughs) back when when anyone gets grief, you could just do that.
0: Wow. yeah, I mean, won't be tied anyone to cut me out and use me out of context. Um, Uh so I think we're done all that. Unless there's any more we'll c if there's any more um comments, then let us know, Stitch. Just,
1: uh well there aren't, but I have one more comment. Um I do not want to see politicians standing outside Carrow Road with a green and yellow scarf to further their own ambitions. That's what I'm gonna say on the matter.
0: Did it did that happen on Saturday?
1: <laughs> it happened last week, I think. Did it? Since cool. the last since the last podcast. Let's not I don't I don't want to turn on the ball into a into, you know question time would you would you
2: have said this if hodgie had been on this um, (laughs) (laughs) absolutely (laughs) just just to
1: get a rise out of him if nothing else it would have come up long before now if hodgie had been on this
0: there we go um we have one more little treat tonight which is of course because we've got our quiz master extraordinaire on the pod ryan livermore's latest quiz yes what is it you'll you'll know what it's called Ryan.
3: It is it is the uh, five second challenge which we did my very first quiz. I thought I'd bring it back because it was oh, such yes. good fun last it, time. Has it got a name? Oh, no. <laughs> it's has called it name? Dan Brigham's worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what was it? Was it like Andy P- Andy Peters or something?
2: I can't remember what it was. <laughs> oh. it was a good. No, well, it was it was name um, three Norwich midfielders in five seconds, and I oh, could only yes. think of Alex Fetty who had left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Ian, Ian Peters. Ian Peters, oh. World
0: Cup winner, Ian Peters.
2: Oh, yeah, that was, was that it... as well, yeah. Well, that was, yeah. Absolutely, as well.
0: <laughs> oh, anyway, yeah. that. so Dan Dan can go first.
3: Absolutely. Dan, you can go first. <laughs> okay. Name three Norwich City centre. No, I'm kidding. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have prepped for that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dan, in five seconds, I want you to name three of the teams Norwich beat in all competitions last season. And go. Oh,
2: Burnley, Everton, Bournemouth.
3: Yes. Nice. Four and a half seconds. Well wow. done. I feel like I've redeemed right. myself a little now. That was really Okay.
0: Impressive. I didn't realise you were timing as well.
3: Oh, of course. It's the, it's the whole point of the game is the five-second challenge. Okay, Steve. Yeah, <laughs> you are. Steve, as Mr. Statsman, I'm giving you the hardest question because... I was There are only three answers to this question. No I want you chance. to name the Ooh. three teams... Norwich didn't lose two in the Premier League last season. Oh my and God. And go. Brighton, Wolves, Burnley?
0: Yes. Wow. Four seconds. Well Wow. Done. I would not, I'm, I'm, too, I'm still on
1: holiday. Brian moment. gave me a very long and there, which I think saved me. Exactly, <laughs> got no I'm now. a
3: generous host. I'm a generous host. <laughs> no holidays for me. Michael, <laughs> hi. your go. Yeah, I want you to name three outfield players with over 30 stars in all competitions last season. Okay, uh, and okay.
0: go. Uh, McLean, Rashica, uh Les Malou. Oh, no, and... <laughs> we are done. You could have had McLean,
3: Pookie, Hanley, totally Gibson no, no, or it. Aarons.
0: I think they're mm. midfield. Did you not say midfield? No, no, no. Three outfield players. Oh, Outfield. Wow, I had a lovely holiday, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, but, don't care. It's last season, let it go. <laughs> it's last season, let it go, it's just gone.
3: I think the whole quiz is going to get clipped up, to be honest, Dan. <laughs> okay, in the spirit of our two New South American signings, I would like you, Dan... Who's this for? Oh, right. This <laughs> is for Dan, we'll go around in, in a circle. I'd like you to name three South American players to have played for Norwich, and go. Emmy Buendia, uh, Gutierrez, and... Oh, uh, out of time, out of time. I would have also accepted Sara, Nunez, Luciano, <laughs> Pec- <laughs> Luciano, <laughs> Luciano Becchio, or Gary Doherty. I, well, <laughs> uh,
2: I always the... forget the current players, it seems. <laughs>
1: Exactly. Well, they're yeah. midfielders. What? They're midfielders, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Awesome. there There <laughs> Michael them the loves them. He uh, hears midfield even if, when it's not said.
0: <laughs> if you're having, if you're having Gary Doherty, you'd have to have Russell Martin as well, obviously. <laughs> of course, so, of course, yes, absolutely.
3: Same. Steve, can you please name three African players to have played for Norwich? Oh. And go, Mbakani, Malumbu, Safri. Yes, well done. Oh, nice. Those good ones. There's some good ones. Absolutely. Okay, Michael. (laughs) You've been left with the one which I could find the least, most answers for. So I might need some fact checking on this as
0: well. Well, I just need to listen this time. Yeah. You
3: do. (laughs) I need you to name three Oceanian players to play for Norwich and go
0: Chris Killen, David Carney, and Andrew Leia. Oh, yes. Well done.
3: Absolutely.
2: That's what
0: an.
3: Uh, very
2: good. That that was very Brilliant. Good. On that, the anniversary was... of the 7 1 game as well. Yeah. Cap, we got exactly. the most famous of them all. <laughs> he was the first on my list. <laughs> I've blanked him from my memory, bless
0: him. Bless Theo. Him. What's he known as? Michael Theocletus. He changed yeah. his name to
3: Michael Theo because apparently there were too many uh, bad things associated with Theocletus after uh, the 7 1 game. <laughs> is,
1: is, that, is that the pinnacle of how bad your game is that you have, you know, Is that the worst game anyone's ever had that they've had to change their name off the bat?
2: I really enjoyed uh, scrolling through Twitter earlier and seeing the rewind Norwich City account. You know that one, which has uh, (laughs) lots of old footage from from uh, old Norwich games, and had footage from that seven-one game. And just above it was liked by Brian Gum. <laughs> he's a star. He's it a shows star. he's over it. And he's gone over it. <laughs> did,
1: did they also include the clip of the season ticket holder who uh, came? Oh, and I didn't. His
2: ticket was that. I didn't watch video? it. I didn't watch it. I'm not sure why any Norwich fan would watch it.
0: <laughs> well, I watched it all during lockdown you know, to, to write the oral history and speak to some people, oh, yeah. including Brian Gunn. So it's still one of the best pieces I've written, I think. That so, is a, it. It good article, that one. You can. Uh, I shared it on Twitter earlier today, so you can read that. I believe
2: you uh, used some quotes from the Grant Holt book in that, didn't you, Michael? Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, I think that's
0: true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure I credited it. <laughs> good point. As as written, uh, well put to, put together, but are we allowed to say that? <laughs> sure. Assisted by. Assisted. Yeah. yeah. Have I just given that all away? I don't know. An autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> so Grant obviously wrote it, and then obviously, yeah. Dan just sort of spell checked it afterwards. Yeah, uh, put the full stops in the right places. Made it. It was always a challenge whenever, whenever interviewing Grant Holt was knowing exactly <laughs> where to put the full stop in. Love Grant. Um, is that the quiz done? Grant? We've got a couple more fun ones. Just some fun
3: ones. Just some okay. fun guys. Last, on last one. Okay, Dan. I need you to name three things you may see in a player reveal
2: video. Go. <laughs> Uh, shirt, scarf, um, sexy look at the camera. <laughs> yeah,
3: I'll, I'll take that. You started to say sexy look at the camera b- before the five seconds. Oh, thank you back. very
2: yeah, kindly. You're welcome. You're
3: welcome, Steve. Name three things you may see on the pitch at half time and go Zorb, Dan Wynn,
1: and some, <laughs> uh, some veterans. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they come on. You may see, right?
0: Once, yeah, you sure. may hey, listen. Pensioners, once a, once pensioners, page. wandering uh, on.
3: Yeah. It's got I'll, a bit lost. I'll, I'll let you have that as well. You started to say, and some veterans <laughs> just before the mark. So we're good. We're good. Okay, Michael. And for yeah. you, the
0: last question is:
3: name three things you'd see after seeing Norwich concede
0: and go. Head and hands, someone going and um, a spilt beer.
3: Yeah, perfect. I'll have that. That's great. Well done, guys. You wouldn't see a
0: spilt beer because you can't drink within sight of the stadium. So I've ruled myself out. I've done max errands. I'm taking myself out of that answer. (laughs) You'd see Michael
2: Bailey furiously tweeting as well, wouldn't you? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Providing I'm not on holiday obviously. Um <laughs> yeah. brilliant work Ryan. I I think quiz quizzing was the winner there but also
3: Absolutely. probably, Always probably Dan.
2: I, think I I think it. I think yeah. I'll give that as a Dan win. Give it brilliant. I dropped a point in the second one because I couldn't remember Norwich City midfielders again.
3: Well, I'm going to be diplomatic and say it's a draw and give you two points, Michael, for the Oceanian answer. That was <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I like the fact that you we we've got Dan winning twice AC. Eh? I thought that worked quite well. Um, um, Steve, did you have a question as well? Mm. We'll do it next week. We'll do it next week?
1: Yeah. that's, yeah. that's why I'm I, gonna can't, I can't top what Ryan's just done, so why oh. even
0: try? Why even uh, try? Well, that's going to be a better draw, I think, to next week than uh, <laughs> than what happened at Hull. Sure, it will. So I'm just <laughs> going to do it on that. Um, in that case, I think we're all done, aren't we? Because we've gone well over time again, but uh, and you've only got a week to listen to this one. So um, uh, we'll we'll. I'll work on my time. I, do I even need to say that? No one you're knows. You're not going like to. <laughs> too late now, isn't it? Um, but that is it for another On The Ball, uh, the Norwich City podcast that may have to start learning Spanish and Portuguese. Uh, if you're yet to do so, make sure you subscribe via your podcast player of choice. The pod is available free for everyone on your usual player. And we stream the recording of the podcast live in video form on my social media channels. So have a search and I'm sure you will find them. Ratings and reviews wherever prompted are always hugely appreciated. And if you want to get in touch with any questions or topic proposals, sling me a direct message on Twitter at Michael J. Bailey is the handle. Uh, As for this evening, firstly, a big thank you to Mark Carey for coming on and being an absolute star. You can read all of his superb work on The Athletic as well. He's, he's always on the podcast and the TIFO podcast and all sorts of other stuff on The Athletic. So definitely give Mark a follow and um, and uh, take in what he does. Uh, and of course, a big thank you for our guests on the pod this evening. Uh, Ryan, thank you so much. Top work on the quiz and your thoughts. Always appreciated. Thank you very much. Daniel, thank you. Uh, we'll see you again soon, I hope. Thank you very much, Michael. A pleasure. Superstar. Steve, regards. <laughs> 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 thanks as always michael i'll see you in seven days uh, and better book some other people on i suppose hadn't i know as well um which uh, which teases nicely that we will be back next week for steve's question and another edition of on the ball a fresh bout of canaries capers until then he says just stalling slightly so we can get the outro music ready never mind the danger